Here is the story of survival, survival of the loss of a dear brother as a teen. Our guest, Lucy Ravinsky, talks about the importance of writing, the writing of a journal, a book, or a song. Her book, Sibling Loss, A Sister's Journey from Despair to Celebration, is available on Amazon. Her music and backstories are featured in this episode. The first time I spoke with Lucy was when she called me from Canada while I was in the frozen food section of QSC in Mukilteo, Washington. It was a cold call. It was fascinating talk, and it comes as no surprise that this chat with her was inspirational. Please welcome Lucy Ravinsky. Lucy, how did you come about working with a symphony orchestra? Well, uh, I took piano when I was a child, uh, was forced to do it, and got out of it. However, I got a huge love for classical music and other kinds of music as well. And my second spouse, uh, currently, is an Israeli man who was a conductor at a very young age, plays the piano like Van Clyburn and uh, was an immigrant uh, a long time ago in Montreal. And a guy came to our door to deliver pizza, which we ordered twice a year, and was drooling at our beautiful piano and told us that he was the main pianist for the Bucharest Symphony. And uh, Joe said to him, what are you doing delivering pizza? Yeah, that's got to be my question. So he said, I can't get into your uh, incestuous musical orchestral society here in Montreal. He said something like that. Uh Now, of course, Joe was very disturbed by that. And also we had a system of different doormen, beautiful young man, who was the principal cellist in the Moscow Symphony. So Joe said, listen, you worked for a major uh, orchestra in Montreal. You know how to manage an orchestra, and of course I know how to conduct uh, any kind of music. Let's try and create an orchestra for the immigrants coming here who are very grateful to be here, but who can't play their music. And uh, an orchestral musician, Bruce, is somebody that if they don't play in an orchestra, it's like you and I not eating. So I I thought that was very ambitious. I didn't know how we would get it done, but we put up notices in all of the music faculties of the universities in Montreal and got an overwhelming response. The symphonic uh, instruments, uh, for instance, oboe or bassoon, are not really conducive to playing in a dance band or playing solo or something like that. So, yeah, without an orchestra, yeah, it's it's tough. It can be done, but uh, it's tough. But the interesting thing is that the 15 uh, countries involved in the orchestra, uh, they all learned music the same way. It's their common language. 
it was amazing to see them sit down and play together. And they didn't know each other. Some of them didn't speak our languages here yet. Yeah. And they could play like uh, great music because they all learned the same way. And that was the most amazing initiative I've ever done professionally ever. Well, wow, that's just awesome. So that, the orchestra, you know, so uh, it's still going on. It was too much work for it's just 11 years. Uh, we've done some very important work only in Canada uh, because we didn't have the money uh, or the staff to send ourselves elsewhere. Although uh, there's an organization in the States that we go to conferences occasionally who would love to have us, but I told them if you sponsor us, we will come and play there. You know, so it's, we do three to five concerts a year. I've been talking to you for, oh gosh, a couple of weeks now, and uh, I've spoken to you in the past. You come to me with a tragic story. I was wondering if you could share that with the listeners. Sure. I lost a brother when I was a teenager, who was a teenager, uh, in a fatal accident and uh, messed up my life enormously. And I'm lucky enough to be gifted with being able to write. That's a gift from God, I think. And I started to write a book about my evolution about 10 years after, or 15 years after we lost Michael, who's Matthew in my book, uh, to be able to, uh, to help myself get over that tragedy because I wasn't doing well. Mm -hmm. And the book saved my life. I'm trying to get the book out to people that have lost siblings. And I sent it to the uh, Stoneman High School in Florida to all the families for example, uh, in April. And they were very grateful because youngsters that lose members of the family, even members of the family they can't stand, they don't understand how much they love those people and how much they were just taking for granted that they would always be around. You know, so that book, uh, which is now on Amazon and it's got wonderful reviews, uh, I started to write lyrics many, many years after I wrote poetry as a kid because uh, song lyrics is poetry with music. And I wrote something, If I Should Ever Lose You, for me. Great song. And for anyone that had lost someone they loved.
time to be uplifted enough to write something uplifting because I wasn't there for a long time really a very long time and it's a uh, it's a beautiful song you know it's, I would like as many people as possible to hear that and they will hear it on this show how did you uh, come about finding the musicians uh, arranging it uh, the recording production how did that come about well, I won a couple of SOCAN, which is ASCAP in the States, awards for two of my songs, and this is one of them. And I also have a cousin that lives in New York who was a professor. He's retired and who does off-Broadway shows and who's a brilliant musician and had a student, a young colored fellow, he figured would understand my lyrics. He said, uh, I don't have to start telling you the kind of suffering 
uh, colored people have been through over the ages, like Jewish people have been through over the ages. But he will understand your lyrics. Why don't you give him a try? And he is much younger than I was, maybe 15 years younger. And we just spiritually hit it off. And he's the one that did the music for four or five of my songs, including this one. But he suggested, I mean, he was living in Atlanta. He started off in Pennsylvania when I was talking to him. Uh, and he said, I have a friend with a studio here, Lucy. Let's do this with many tracks in a real studio. I've got a professional singer who will do this for you because he's lost someone and understands the song. And that's how we got that one done. If I Should Ever Lose You. Could you, uh, back to the book, what is the title of the book? And I understand it's under a pen name as well. Yeah, the book is called Sibling Loss, A Sister's Journey uh, from Despair to Celebration. And my pseudonym is Laura Prince, starting with a P like Peter. And And I used the pseudonym so my family, I mean, they would never have found out that I was writing it because, uh, I mean, the death of my brother just destroyed my family. And I figured if I was writing something that personal, they would flip out, you know. So I used a pseudonym. So it's available on Amazon. I'll be sure to put a link on show notes. I think I sent you, I don't know how it happened. And if you're not sure, you would remember the song. The refrain is extraordinary. I mean, it should be speeded up a bit. It's a bit too slow. A lot of things can be done with this song. You do this so you understand that. But I'll send it to you because it's a sort of a... A story. It's a story uh, with many verses that can be shortened or kept. And it's about someone that was wondering how her husband's trip went, finds out that he has fallen in love with somebody else. And the end of it is not like these usual angry songs that she really loved him. She said she didn't have a clue. He's going on another trip I wave a kiss goodbye And do the breakfast dishes While thinking of his drive And as he boards his airplane I make the children's beds Think now he's having coffee I'm making homemade bread And when he his taxi that goes to his hotel I'm having lunch with mother and hoping that he's well I know he's in a meeting but maybe he can call the kids arrive from school then come running down the hall I finally get the boys to bed Make sure the clothes are dry And still I haven't heard from him I'm really wondering why I take the phone to call him And then I see his note I turn the TV volume down And this is what he wrote What he wrote I don't know how it happened We met a year ago And all these times I've gone away I've been with her, you know I don't 
happened We met by chance one day I fell in love with her somehow And now I'm here to stay And I don't know how it happened I crumple up the paper and slowly go to bed Then open up his note once more To grasp what he has said The next day at the table The boys say, how is dad? I say the trip's a big success He misses his two lads And now I'm on another trip my mother is at home I tell her that the deal went through That night while on the phone I tell the boys their dad is well He'll come in a few days They know as I do, it's a lie He'll cancel as always As always I don't know how Happened. We met a year ago And all these times I've gone away I've been with her, you know I don't know how it happened We met by chance one day I fell in love with her somehow And now I'm here to stay about these things and thought how could it be that someone wouldn't sense the lies and now that someone's me and I don't know how it happened I didn't have a clue and even though a year's gone by can't believe it's true I don't know how it happened I really loved him so I'm just another number One more fool who didn't know And I don't know how it happened I don't know how it happened No, I just don't know what happened What is your background in music? A lot of people listen to this and they're interested in, in writing songs and things and they think well I could possibly do it because I can't read music or I can't play piano or there's a, a whole spectrum of reasons people can't do things on, on most anything I guess but uh, yeah, yeah. You, you just uh, got up one morning and said I'm gonna write a song or <laughs> how did that come about no no it's a, in, in my house uh, my parents were of Russian heritage and I grew up with all kinds of music. I mean, I really love uh, 
children, but I love Pink Floyd. And my parents had the radio on to a classical station, among others. I mean, they had a few kids, and they understood that we liked other kinds of music as well. But that was something that I was uh, very schooled in having this background in a house with a few children. So it started off like that. I was writing poetry as a child, and it was quite good, I found out. And I was always humming something from the radio, and I figured one day, uh, because the structure of song, I mean, I took some courses and got a couple of books on song structure, uh, because there's varying types, and I figured I'm going to write some songs, or I'm going to restructure some of my poetry into song. I even did it, uh, did a rap song, oh. uh, which I had to, re- it's amazing, I never thought I would do that. It's conversation like rap is. And uh, I haven't got music to that one. It's about, it's called The Junkie and the Dealer. You know, it's um, it's just interesting. It's something that, uh, how can I say, survives me through a lot of trauma. Music survives everybody through trauma. And I started to structure poetry. And I was lucky enough to be speaking to my cousin, Joel, uh, about finding someone to put some music because I, I was looking for a long time I couldn't find anybody you know people that just um, didn't get it you know that, that didn't understand what I needed mm-hmm. and I was lucky to find uh, Arthur Turner God bless him he's still in Atlanta you know and here's a guy that does extraordinary spiritual music and extraordinary Chopin and he's a wonderful pianist and he's a great mind and I'm very grateful for having met him. Well, that's inspirational. I think uh, I like to talk about writing. I think writing is a good um, release for people, and it, it helps you sort your thoughts out because you can go back and read it. And sometimes we might not even know what you were talking about. I find I do that myself. Exactly. Yeah, sometimes the rewrite's yeah. better. And it's hard to rewrite your life, but you can rewrite your thoughts a little bit and sort through things. So you use, you use writing as an outlet. Oh, God. I, it saved my life. And I'll tell you, I went to the uh, my university in Montreal. I went to see the head of the English department because uh, I'm an alumnus. And I said, listen, I've got to write this book. And it's going to be a monster for me to write. And I, I'm not a Hemingway-style writer. I don't sit down and write. I do it occasionally in the middle of the night in a coffee shop on a placemat. And he said, "Do it that way, yeah. and get a brightly." He said, "Get a brightly covered, uh, colored attaché case, and throw all your notes in there. And one day you'll take them out, and you'll sort it out chronologically." And exactly how I wrote the book. I'm curious, uh, why the brightly colored attaché case? So it couldn't get lost. Oh. You know, like you put something in a cupboard with your luggage and your clothes and your shoes and all your junk, because I couldn't have the attaché case. In my uh, in my immediate view, it was too painful to look at it. You know, so I put it in a cupboard, and I could find it all the time. What color is it? It's like a bright lemon yellow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Would you believe it? A fiberglass attaché case, something like the crazy coloring yellow you get on a marker. <laughs> okay, that'd be great in an airport. <laughs> you could find it really easily as it comes down the. The shoot when you're no. flying to LA and it goes to Baltimore. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It worked. 
it worked. I never lost it. I never lost sight of it. You know, it worked out very well. I can say that at one point, McGill University, it's sort of a, a Yale quality university in Montreal, asked me to come and speak about uh, writing as a uh, means of healing. And it, it didn't happen. However, the person was on the radio speaking, uh, the professor that invited me and said, uh, as a writer and as someone that works with writers within my studentship uh, and people I'm encouraging is that when you write something down, it will retain joy and exorcise grief. And writing does that. I think you're on to something. Absolutely. Yeah. That works for me. I, uh, I hope, yeah, I, I hope everyone uh, who isn't already doing that tries it. I think uh, in this world of confusion and distraction, it's a good thing to do. I went to Europe on a trip with a girlfriend a really long time ago, Bruce. I, and when I read the diary, I kept a diary. I was traveling for six months. You know how I don't know your age and I'm not telling you mine. <laughs> I've gotten <laughs> sensitive about my age. I'm 21. I've traveling for <laughs> six months or a year yeah. you know, or whatever. And when I read that stuff, it is so wonderful to have a window into myself when I was in my 20s. It's incredible. Writing is really precious, really precious. So you had no idea while you were writing it what value it would have later on in your life then? None. You're young, you know. The world's your, your apple. I mean, I already knew it wasn't mine. I had lost a brother. You know, and I was escaping to another sphere, and it really helped. But um, it's so beautiful, the uh, the memoir. It's quite amazing. Actually, I can't believe I wrote it. Writing is superb. Well, it's more than wonderful that you've taken a tragedy and turned it around into something healthful and, and can help other people. That must feel good. Oh, it feels wonderful. It's, and I'll tell you that... Uh, if I should ever lose you, I've played it for many people. They said, Lucy, it could be someone that lost a lover. You know, someone that lost a close friend. Uh, a lover would be someone that didn't die. You know, it's an attitude about losing someone. And to this day, when I look at the sky, it's like uh, Matthew, Michael, he's up there looking at us. Words of wisdom. Thank you so much. Thank Thought you so much, Lucy.
listening to the Better Each Day podcast radio show with Bruce Hilliard. We'll be back with a new horizon, but until then, honor the future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. We're all just trying to make the next day a bit better.